0: The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences and is suitable for all ages.
1: Hi, this is Chrissy Talon-Sage. I am the writer, producer, and voice of Madison Standish on the comedy audio drama Madison on the Air. What happens when a modern-day 20-something girl gets zapped back into old-time radio shows? No technology, no Starbucks, and no one is PC. Will she survive? Actual OTR scripts adapted for a fun look at the way we were and the way we are today. Each episode is a standalone featuring a variety of genres from detective noir, superheroes, western, sci-fi, and more. This is episode 23, The Adventures of Philip Marlowe, The Ladies' Night. Hope you enjoy it!
2: Now Madison was working super hard on a makeup tutorial show. Eyes to folks out there who really wanted to know when some freaky deaky science stuff only understood by nerds tapped her into old radio shows, the kind you might never have heard. Now she should probably be trying to get out, for Madison, she's having fun.
1: get this and get it straight crime is a sucker's road and those who travel it wind up in the gutter the prison or the grave or elected office or ceos of major corporations or sorry guess we're not talking about white
2: collar crime From the pen of Raymond Chandler, outstanding author of crime fiction...
1: And from the MacBook Pro of Chrissy and Sage, adapter of old-time radio shows...
2: ...comes his most famous character in The Adventures of Philip Marlowe. Now with Gerald Moore...
1: Madison Standish... ...starred...
2: ...as Philip Marlowe. We bring you tonight's exciting story the ladies night
1: ladies night woo, woo. yep you heard right strap in because we've got a peddler of pulp paper love a blackmailer with muscles a south of the border chiseler a simpering prude and a corpse in a bedroom all with one thing in common they're all women girls night out baby yeah let's hit it And the moment the sauce is boiling furiously, which, oh crap, is right now, add one full cup of tomato paste gradually and stir vigorously. Stupid 1950 with no microwaves. Okay, one full cup of tomato paste. Oh my God, are you freaking kidding me? Okay, I'll be right there. Dang it. Well, I added the tomato paste, including the measuring cup. Oh, my kingdom for a takeout menu. Shut up! I'm coming! Whoever you are, you owe me an Italian dinner.
3: Uh, Western Union Telegram for Philip Marlowe?
1: Well, the dude's not here. He's like this really big-time noir detective, right? So I show up at his place thinking this is going to be the best adventure I've had yet. And I find a note on the door saying he went out of town, make myself at home, and he'll be back in a few days. You believe that crap?
3: Um, well, and look at this place. I've seen jail cells
1: with more amenities.
3: It is a bachelor apartment, all right.
1: He's got like no food. So I was trying to make spaghetti. For whatever reason, single guys always have the ingredients to make spaghetti, and they brag about it. Oh, you're gonna love my sauce. Okay, chef boy RD, you can open a can. Congratulations.
3: Uh, did, did you want to take this telegram?
1: I'm sorry. Totally didn't mean to dump on you. And you're probably a bachelor too, right? I mean, no way you're bringing in the big bucks delivering telegrams. Well, no. It's like when I made squat driving for Uber Eats. I mean, it was better than driving for Lyft and worrying about drunks puking in my back seat. But does everybody have to order Indian? There is not a single cleaning agent on this planet that can remove the stink of curry.
3: Maybe I should... I should come back.
1: Ah, no, no, come on in. My hands are all greasy. Why don't you read the telegram to me?
3: Um, okay.
1: Telegrams are funny, huh? They're like if someone had to print out and hand deliver a text.
3: Well, they're cheaper than calling long distance.
1: Really? That's why people use them? So you're basically reading me my voicemail. Um. Do it, go ahead, read it.
3: All right. Tried to reach you all day, very important. Meet me at the Tulip Room on the Sunset Strip at 8 tonight. We'll triple your fee. Time means everything. Gigi Hornsby.
1: Wait! Aren't you supposed to say stop after each sentence? Try to reach you all day. Stop. Very important. Stop. Like that.
3: Um... Stop. Okay. Stop. Well. Stop. Maybe stop. 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 Stop was only used before there was punctuation in telegrams.
1: OMG! No one used punctuation? So old-timey telegrams really were texts? You are hot. Stop. LOL. Stop. Eggplant emoji. Stop. (laughs) I should go. Wait, hang on. Uh, Who was the telegram from?
3: It says Gigi Hornsby. You actually know Gigi Hornsby?
1: No. Why, do you?
3: Oh, sure. She's the editor for Passman House.
1: Okay.
3: She publishes magazines about love. Great passion. You know, the Shop Girls Encyclopedia.
1: And a favorite among Western Union delivery guys, I see.
3: Well, there's a lot of downtime in the Western Union office and the secretaries.
1: Hey, I don't judge. Be your true self. Ed, as much as you can in that bellboy meets milkman uniform. So, what else do you know about her?
3: Well, they say she's quite the character. Sleek to look at and tough as nails. Someplace between a career woman and a marine sergeant.
1: Hmm. She offers three times Marlowe's fee. What do you think his fee is?
3: $25 a day plus expenses. Really? I read a lot of Noir, too.
1: No wonder the guy's living off of canned spaghetti. <gasps> oh, crap! The sauce! Aw, that's just great. The molten lava has melted down the tin measuring cup.
3: Say, it's nearly 8 o'clock now. Are you gonna try meet Gigi Hornsby?
1: Do you think I should?
3: I jump at the chance.
1: But I'm probably gonna start a fire with this stupid spaghetti. I nearly did that once in my dorm room. My RA ended up dating one of the firemen, but she still wrote me up for it.
3: I'll take care of it.
1: Well, huh. My better judgment says not to leave a stranger in Philip Marlowe's apartment alone. But my better judgment also led me to be a groupie for a K-pop band. That was the first time I woke up with a hangover in Seoul. The Tulip Room was one of those extra chic spots curled up at the base of the Hollywood Hills. The type of place where you might catch one of the lesser Kardashians trying to get the paparazzi to notice her. The booths were all full of young hotties hanging on old money. I felt right at home. It was pretty easy to spot Gigi Hornsby. Her tailored gray suit stood out like a Walmart shopper in a Whole Foods market. Her voice cut through the atmosphere with the precision of a Ginsu knife, and then she got to the equally
4: sharp point. Right. Miss Standish, if you think you can help me, here's my problem. I want to find a woman in a hurry. Her name is Henrietta Lawrence. She's a good hack writer who disappeared. I know not why. Maybe because her name was Henrietta Lawrence? I'm talking. Sorry. Now, here it is, one, two, three. A couple of weeks ago, Henrietta showed up at my office from someplace like Seattle or Portland, I forget which, and handed me an outline for a three-installment serial story that was excellent. Dude, you published Trashy Romance. What's the standard of
1: excellence? That a bored housewife gets so steamed up she adds grapes to her jello mold?
4: Why are you talking while I'm talking? Sorry. Three days ago, she brought in the first two installments. Also excellent. But the day before yesterday, when the third installment was due, she only got as far as the front door. I watched it all from my office window. She saw somebody going by slowly in a car. Scared the daylights out of her, and she hobbled for a cab. I'm sorry. Interrupting? What? What did you not comprehend? You just said she hobbled for a cab? Yeah, she limps, uses a cane, anyway. Whoa, back it
1: up, Miss Sensitivity Training. You can't say things like that about a person with a disability. So she's a gimp, what's the big deal? Wow, okay, 1950. I've got some videos for you to watch when we're done here. And pay attention, there will be a quiz
4: afterwards. Look, she piled into this cab and took off. I haven't heard a word from her since and I'm worried. She's a nervous little thing, the kind who'd go to pieces. Little ones, fast. So I want you to find this girl. She may be in an awful jam. Well, okay, um,
1: besides requiring a cane to assist her mobility, how else can you describe her?
4: And try to keep the slurs to a minimum. Henrietta's about 35 on the drab side. No makeup, no jewelry. Each time I saw her, she was always wearing the same thing. A plain brown coat with a plainer brown hat. All the sex appeal of a tumbleweed. Throw stones
1: in that glass house much? How's that? Never mind. How about an address? Do you know where
4: she lives? The address she gave me was the Bryce Hotel for Women, room 7. It's over on Fountain, near La Cienega. But she hasn't checked back there in two days, and the flower of the old South desk clerk I talked to on the phone hasn't the slightest idea where Henrietta is. But maybe you'll have better luck with her. Her name is uh, Clarice. Dude, I've never met a mean girl in Tweed. You can reach me at my home in Brentwood. Sunnyside Nine One Zero One One. Got it. I'll stay next to the phone. Really do your best. Will you, Madison? Absolutely. But you should know, my best only got me into junior
1: college.
0: Good evening, Bryce Hotel. Miss Violet Moore, one moment, please. Go ahead.
1: Oh, hello. May I help you? Wow. She wasn't kidding about that southern accent. I beg your pardon? Aw, man. Whenever I'm around someone with a strong southern accent, I always start talking like them. I become some sort of accent chameleon.
0: I see. Uh, is there something I can do for you? I'm a private detective, Clarice. Oh, a private detective. (gasps) And
1: you know my name? Why, sure enough. Well, how can little old me assist you? You see, sugar, it's about Henrietta Lawrence. She's the poor
0: unfortunate girl with the cane. Oh, that sweet, sweet child.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. She's got herself in a heap of trouble, and I think it's a man. So do
0: I. Do y'all know who it is? Well, no, I do not. Oh, that Henrietta. She was always so quiet, so mysterious. It was enough to make a body curious. You don't say. So one night, I followed her. That a fact? Well, she went to Annie Stringer's Hollywood Health Club. That's a lady's Turkish bath over on Santa Monica Boulevard in Doheny.
1: You sure she didn't just duck on in there because she knew you was following her? Oh, no. I was very careful.
0: Besides, she had something to say to a woman there. I know because I saw them talking in the doorway when I went by. But I couldn't see who it was, though. Pity that.
1: So not a man, then? Well, not that
0: I saw. But I'll keep my eyes open when she comes
1: back. You do that for me? Well, bless your heart. (coughs) You
0: have a lovely night now, you hear? Good evening, the Bryce Hotel for Women. Oh, man,
1: I gotta get out of here. I'm starting to sound like a petticoat junction marathon. Pretty soon people will start calling me Maddie Joe. So I headed over to the corner of Santa Monica Boulevard and Doheny and Annie Stringer's Hollywood Health Club for women. I always preferred gyms that were women only, especially after doing yoga at LA Fitness. With my butt in the air in downward facing dog, I could see a balcony full of drooling guys running on treadmills watching my every move. Seriously, you guys at gyms are borderline predators. When I walked in the door, I set my sights on the receptionist. But before I can make it to the counter, a door
2: opened. Ah, you must be the one here for the new member tour. I'm Annie Stringer. Let me show you around. Whoa, time out. (laughs) I'm not here to join. Are you sure? You look a little soft there, sister. Did you just fat shame me?
1: Because I'll admit... Since I started being in these old-timey radio shows, I haven't had the opportunity to work out. And your food in the past is so heavy and fried and made with butter. It's like every meal I'm eating at a traveling carnival.
2: Then let me show you around. We have state-of-the-art fitness classes with only the best instructors. Really? Guaranteed to get you into top shape. That, uh, that, that does sound good. Wonderful. Mona! Mona is my receptionist. Very professional. Always takes good care of our members. Mona!
1: See, Annie, what can I do for you?
2: Hold my calls for a while, will ya? I'm gonna take Mrs. Gordon here for a tour of the club. But, Annie, that is not Mrs. Gordon. Mrs. Gordon is the one sitting over there in the waiting area.
1: You ain't Gordon? Uh, no. (laughs) I'm Madison Standish. Hi! (laughs) I'm a, um... A friend of Henrietta Lawrence's from Portland? They told me over at the Bryce Hotel that she might be here.
2: Is that so?
1: But I really like your club. You've got curves beat,
2: hands down. Can I go on the tour, too? Henrietta Lawrence, huh? Well, the name doesn't mean anything to me. Mona will help you. Mona, check to see if we have a member by that name. Very well, Annie. Come along, Mrs. Gordon. Let me show you around. Goodbye, Miss Standish.
1: I'm sorry, Miss Standish. Call me Madison. Madison, but I don't recall any Henrietta Lawrence ever having been with us. But why don't we check the registration card at my desk to be sure? I might be mistaken. Cool, thanks. Say, you ever get any celebrities in here? I once thought I saw Ryan Reynolds at the Van Nuys 24-hour fitness. It wasn't him, but I stayed an extra hour on the elliptical machine trying to find out. Talk about buns of steel. Never mind. What? I know her, Amiga. Just listen. You see, Madison, the cards here list everyone who ever visits the club. Why do you really want Henrietta Lawrence? Oh uh, well, I'm kind of working as a private detective. I got a client looking for her. A client who has money, Amiga? Uh, yeah, I guess. Though with money, you'd think she'd dress better. I may be able to help you. I am a good friend to Annie. Her, uh, confidante, you might say. Oh, you want to double-cross Annie's trust for money. You want the information or not? Women really are bitches to each other. Meet me in the alley behind the hardware store across the street in half an hour. We close then.
4: Well, I am sorry, Madison, but
1: we don't seem to have a listing for a Henrietta Lawrence. Oh, okay then. Thanks anyway. You're quite welcome. Don't keep me waiting, Amiga. Maybe in the meantime I could jump on that tour with Mrs. Gordon. With Annie? Why should you betraying her keep me from having a tight butt? I had 30 minutes to kill, so I found this all-night diner down the street. Of course, after being in that gym, the last thing I wanted was another plate of greasy, fattening 1950s food. So, I drank a cup of coffee that tasted like it was filtered through a pair of Crocs and then headed down to the alley behind the hardware store. I was expecting some big Home Depot, but that old timey hardware store couldn't even fit their toilet department. So, consequently, the alley was small and pretty dark. Against my better judgment, once again, I walked back there. That's when I felt someone grab me from
2: behind. You move oh, one uh, inch, uh, buddy. I'll break your wrist off and hand it to you. I was a lady wrestler. Oh, yeah?
1: Well, I watched all three seasons of Glow. He's squirming like a fish on a hook. I'm trying to do this stone-cold stunner.
2: you just got to grab your neck. Maybe you ought to give up. You're liable to hurt yourself.
1: You're right. Screw this. That? What is that? Pepper spray.
2: Hey, That's playing dirty.
1: Clearly you've never watched WWE. Totally acceptable prop usage.
2: All right, I'll concede this round. I haven't got the patience. Now, what's your angle, Flatfoot? Uh,
1: well, I never got that tour. Does your gym have a
2: pool? I thought you were looking for Henrietta Lawrence.
1: Sure, yeah, but I also haven't had a gym membership since I got stuck in these old-timey radio shows. And yours is centrally located to most of the L.A.-based noir detectives.
2: So, did you want any info on Henrietta? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you got? Henrietta came from Seattle, not Portland. Eh, it's all the Pacific Northwest to me. Granola and guns. Yeah, well, here's some unsolicited advice. Forget Henrietta Lawrence Seamus. And that goes for the letter, too. My name's Madison, not Seamus. And what letter? Uh, Nothing, nothing. Just forget the whole thing. Oh, no.
1: You can't bring up a letter and then immediately say forget the letter because now all I can think about is the letter.
2: Well, too bad. What are you going to do, use that spray again? I went easy on you, Cookie. Next time I'll break all your fingers so you can't use that spray. You know, you'd be really good at teaching women's defense classes. You ever thought about doing that at your gym? Cut the malarkey. You just tell that Henrietta Lawrence to call off her bloodhounds or that letter will go right to the cops. They'll know exactly what to do with it. So, hey,
1: what are your membership fees? You offer a payment plan? Eh, She's still not as scary as that recruiter from Gold's gym. You go in to see what spinning classes they got, and you end up with 12 hours of police interrogation techniques and a four-year family membership.
2: In just a moment, the second act of Philip
5: Marlowe. is happening in Monroeville. What in tarnation? There's there's just no way. Something outside the realm of normality.
1: Can we talk about what the heck is going on? Where all these people came from and what they want?
5: Trapped inside the local library, a small group of townsfolk fight for survival while their reality falls apart.
2: Oh no you won't. These bookshelves have been here longer than you. Just do it! Now! Are you guys serious? Matt! What? We'll be sitting ducks!
5: Can their will to live unite them in time to find an escape? Or will the library become their tomb?
2: Don't make me do this, Charlie! This is
5: for it! No! Find out in In Invictum Digital's first original audio drama, Savage Waking. Listen early exclusively on Dramafi, starting July 12th. Or listen on your favorite podcast app starting September 12th. For more information, visit InvictimDigital.com.
2: Now we return to The Adventures of Philip Marlowe.
1: I watched Annie Stringer hurry out of sight down the alley. She walked defeated, like someone who had lost one of those hashtag challenges, but still knew her major fail was going to get her likes. And that's when my actual date arrived. Senorita Madison? Sup? Oh, see, you are here. Are we alone? Unless any more of your co-workers show up. This alley is so popular, Vanity Fair wants to hold their Oscar after-party here. This is not a matter to make fun. It is worth my life what I am going to tell you. And you like me alive, no? I always prefer living people to dead ones. Mainly for the stink factor. All right, then. Let me tell you about Henrietta Lawrence. You see, there is a certain letter. Wah, wah. Your second verse on that letter. Already know about it. Ah, but do you know where it is and what it says? You telling me you know the whole chorus? See? And I would love to give it to you for nothing but... Oh, oh, right. This is the part where I bribe you to betray Annie. You are certainly very direct about these things. You want to tell me how to rephrase it so you don't come off sounding like a lying, betraying Judas? I am doing this to help you, you know. You're doing this for your 30 pieces of silver, sweetie. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I sold out my sister once for a pack of Pokemon cards. This is a very serious thing. I take a great risk. Annie Stringer is stupid, but she is also strong. Like a bull. Meh. Took her down easy. Just a little mace to the face. Come to my apartment. eighty-three ten North Ardmore, number D. D is a letter. Meet me there in one hour. Why do I gotta wait a whole hour? Can't we just carpool together over there right now? No. I... I have errands to run first. It's like midnight. What errands? Look, amiga, this is how Noir is done, okay? You have other things to do first to build the tension. Then we will meet again. Understand? But... I amateurs... Well, I hope nobody's gone any place they gotta be, because apparently I gotta drag this story out to create tension.
4: Hello? Sup, Gigi? That you, Madison?
1: Yeah, I needed to pad some time, so I thought I'd give you a call. I think I ate up about 20 minutes just trying to find a phone I could use. I ended up at the Hollywood Greyhound station. Ah, my eyes! What did I say about coming near me?
4: Have you found anything out about Henrietta?
1: Yeah, but you're not going to like it.
4: What do you mean?
1: She's getting blackmailed. I've only been blackmailed once for some photos I took. I was terrified they'd get published. My bangs were way too short, and I had this big zit on my nose. OMG, if those photos ever get out.
4: Madison, who's blackmailing Henrietta?
1: This female wrestler who owns this really cool gym. I'm wondering if it's worth getting a membership. I mean, with all the time travel I do between shows, what if the next time I'm in town is before the gym was even built?
4: What's this lady wrestler got on Henrietta?
1: I don't know. I guess it's all in some letter. A letter? Yeah, one of those letters that if anything happens to her, it gets mailed to the cops, blah, blah, blah. Pretty basic.
4: Where is the letter? Who has it?
1: This girl Mona. I'm meeting her at her place.
4: Madison, we must get that letter.
1: Ah, I said back off. Mona's willing to sell it, but she wants some bucks for it.
4: That doesn't matter. Anything I can do to help Henrietta, I want to do now more than ever. What do you mean? I heard from her. She called me a few minutes ago. She was crying, said it was the end of everything. She tried to tell me about the last installment of the story, but then she was interrupted. She gasped out something that sounded like the American Airlines ticketing office, and then the line went dead. There are two of those offices in town. Why don't you check out the Hollywood one?
2: That is it! I am done
1: with you! Ah, You like that, huh? ah, You're gonna
4: be legally blind for a week! Madison! Don't no, you wave that Bible
1: at me! What are you pointing at? Your throat? Oh, crap. Madison? Yeah, so I just pepper sprayed a priest.
4: The American Airlines office.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Gigi, I gotta go.
4: I'll meet you at Mona's. Where does she live? Uh,
1: 8310 North Ardmore, number D. Letter D. Apartment D. D- whatever. <laughs> Officer, wait, I can explain. Wow, I use that phrase a lot. Well, I tried to explain, but ended up down the path of tears and hyperventilating until the men all felt uncomfortable and let me go. Not a proud feminist moment, but sometimes you gotta know how to work the room. I went and checked the Hollywood American Airlines ticketing office to see if they'd sold a ticket to Henrietta, but no luck. By then, I'd built enough tension in the story to be able to go meet Mona. That's when it started pouring rain. I'm all used to modern day Los Angeles dried up with drought. Not 1950 noir Los Angeles. That kind of ambiance requires a heck of a lot of rain. I got to 8310 North Ardmore. Number D was apparently way in the back of the complex, of course, because why would I have an umbrella? It's LA! I found myself following a fresh set of footprints filling with water and beside each footprint was a little round hole in the mud. But before it could even register, I heard crying from inside Mona's apartment. So I hurried in. (laughs) Mona, do you okay? What happened?
2: (laughs) Madison, that woman was waiting for me here in the dark.
1: I offered to come home with you, but no. You wanted me to build tension. I did not think the tension would be a big club. She grabbed me and beat me with it. Oh, the footsteps. It wasn't a club. It was a cane. It was Henrietta. And look, she wrecked my apartment. Okay, I didn't want to assume. I can be kind of messy myself. We went through at least seven housekeepers when I was in my teens. I broke them all. No, no, she did this. And she found it. She took the letter. Crap. Okay, then, you gotta tell me what that letter said. What was Annie blackmailing her about? (gasps) Somebody's outside.
4: Oh, chill. It's just Gigi. Come on in. Hello, Madison. Is this the tortilla pounder you told me about? Whoa! What? Just a minute, you. You can't call me names. My God, Gigi. First people
1: with disabilities, now racial slurs?
4: You're a lousy housekeeper, sister. What happened? The Mexican hat dance get out of control? Jeez, you sound like the keynote speaker at a Trump rally. I know how to handle these little tamales. You gotta show them who's in charge or they'll walk all over you. Spoken like a true spinster who would never attract a man.
1: Why, you... Both of you, chill the F out. My God! You two realize this show was originally written by a man, right? We don't have
4: to behave like this towards each other. I'm sorry. I'm just upset about Henrietta. And I'm upset I just got beaten by Henrietta. What are you talking about?
1: That's what I was about to tell you before you started spouting all your hate speech. Henrietta got here before us and took the letter. Mona was just about to tell me what it said. Fine, let's have
4: it. Please? Ugh, please.
1: Henrietta Lawrence killed a woman in Seattle four years ago, and Annie saw her
4: do it. You're lying. She had names, dates, places, everything. I can't believe it. I just can't. She's such a swell person. Based on
1: what exactly? Exactly. I've spent more time getting to know guys I've hooked up with in a bar bathroom than
4: you have this Henrietta Lawrence. Well, look. She left the final installment of her story for me at the Wilshire Ticketing Office.
1: Okay, so she meets her deadlines. She also probably murdered somebody and is about to murder somebody else. Are you crazy? What are you talking about? Dude, Gigi, pay attention. The letter was worthless except for being protection for Annie Stringer, right? So if Henrietta
4: has the letter, it won't go to the cops. So now she's free to... Kill Annie. Holy mackerel, I didn't even think. You should, Signora. You've got nothing else to work with. Drop dead.
1: All right, all right. Our female writer can only adapt this guy's writing so much. Gigi, you need to back off. Go
4: home and wait to hear from me. You got it? Okay, Madison, whatever you say. Call me as soon as you can, won't you? Absolutely. Provided I could find a payphone that isn't in
1: a bus depot. I think I'm banned from Greyhound now. Or the Catholic Church. One of the two. All right, I'll be waiting. Okay, Mona, let's go. Me? Yeah. Oh, no, Amiga. The letter is gone, and so is Mona's interest. Girl, you know Annie, so you need to help me. Besides, if your boss dies, I'm gonna guess there's not gonna be a job for you to come back to. I could find another job, Amiga. Even after I make sure every potential new employer knows you were ready to betray your last boss for money? You can't do that. I can't. Ask my sister why she never got any babysitting jobs. Hey, All right, Madison, I go with you. We're cool going over now, right? No extra scenes for tension? I'm not the one who makes the rules in these shows, amiga. I like to remain blissfully unaware of the rules. So if I break any, I can plead out on a lesser charge. <laughs> Okay, so Annie's not in her apartment, and she's not at the gym. And if we have to drive any more in this noir rain ambiance, we're going to end up in a ditch. I don't know where else she could be, Amiga. I don't know. Has she done anything unusual lately? Something not part of her normal routine? Like, I figured out my boyfriend was cheating on me when he stopped going to the Starbucks on Ventura and started going to the Starbucks on Riverside. He thought he could date a barista, and I wouldn't find out? Well, she went out on Fountain Avenue in a big hurry a couple days ago. OMG! Henrietta's hotel is on Fountain. You think Annie would be stupid enough to go there now, at night? I told you already, Annie is stupid. She thinks her muscles can make up for it, but she can't balance the books. She can only bench press them. Do you realize every female character in the story has totally thrown shade at every other female character? Uh, making me a little homesick. Come on, Mona, keep up. Henrietta's room is just
0: down the hall. Now wait one moment. You can't just waltz on back there. It's residence only. Oh, it's you again, Madison. Well, howdy, Clarice. You burning the midnight oil? Oh, just trying to keep the bill collectors at bay. Ain't that the truth. What is happening right now? Are you still looking for Miss Lawrence in number seven? Sure enough. Well, you are in luck. She's here now. Came back about half an hour ago with her friend. The biggest woman I ever saw outside of a country fair, if you catch my meaning.
1: That I understood. It's Annie.
0: You mind if we go on
1: back, Larice? I promise we won't make a peep. <gasps>
0: Private investigator business, I presume? That it is. Here, take my pass key. Oh, this is so exciting. You think this will be in the papers? I think
1: they'll hear about this all the way back in... Where y'all from? San Diego. San Diego? Come on, Madison. We should hurry. Thanks, Clarice. My pleasure. Here it is. Number seven. Henrietta! Henrietta, open up! Use the key. Yeah, okay. Ew, looks like you're hitting the one ads tomorrow, Mona. (gasps) Annie, dead with a knife. Windows open. Henrietta must have climbed out there. She's lucky she's on the first floor. Mine was a second floor window. If it wasn't for my brother's rock climbing gear, I'd never been able to sneak out of the house. Repelling in a miniskirt definitely takes some skill. But how could she? She walks with a cane. She walks with a cane? She's not a quadriplegic. Yep, look outside. There's footprints in the mud with cane marks. Just like... It. Huh. What do you mean, Ha? Huh? Well, I was gonna say, just like the footprints at your place, but... <gasps> Dude! I'm having the I've solved the case moment! Whoa, this is a head rush. Then who did it? Sorry, no time to explain. This is tension building. believe I solved the case me all by myself (laughs) oh man this is an amazing high which now that I think of the image of all those PIs sitting alone in some shabby office drunk and chain smoking I bet this feeling is addictive they need a 12-step program for noir detectives well this was my first time so I'm sure I won't get hooked clearly the person I had to run and tell was Gigi She lived in a huge house in Brentwood, which is where rich people live who pretend they're not rich, but spend their days complaining about the help and demanding to speak to your manager. As I walked up the front steps, I could see her in the big picture window slowly pacing back and forth. I wasn't sure how she was going to take the news about Henrietta, but I knew this was going to be messy.
4: Madison, I was waiting for you to phone me. I... It's something bad, isn't it? I can see it in your face. My face? Oh, that's the 1950s mascara not being waterproof in this rain. Then you didn't find out anything bad about Henrietta. Oh, no, I did. She killed Andy Stringer. What a dirty, dirty shame. Did you find Henrietta? Looks like she took off. I suppose so. I feel sorry for her, Madison. I hope she gets a break this time. Nope. She definitely did not break off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. I hope she got a plane ticket tonight and is miles away by morning. And she didn't buy a ticket. She must have. She left the third installment of her story at the American Airlines ticketing office. Yeah, it looks like she bought a ticket, and it looks like she took off. You sound as if you know where she is. You ever been to Seattle? Well, of course, but not for years.
1: I've never been. I dreamed some day of visiting the first Starbucks, but I bet it's all touristy now with cheap souvenir shops everywhere. I wouldn't know. Well, no, you wouldn't. Starbucks came way after your time, when you worked there as a writer before you became a publisher. Why, what is this? My hypothesis here is you knew Annie Stringer long before tonight. What are you driving at, Madison? (laughs) Oh my god, this feels so tingly. Okay, you... Our Henrietta Lawrence. Boom. What? You killed a woman in Seattle, changed your name, moved down here, and thought you got away with it. But there was a witness. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? What are you talking about? Annie Stringer, who you accidentally ran into. L.A. is a big, small town. And she started blackmailing you. Stop it. So you had to bring Henrietta Lawrence back to life just long enough to get rid of your witness. But first, you had to get rid of her letter. And you needed me so I could back up your whole story about Henrietta to the cops.
4: I didn't want you. I wanted Philip Marlowe, but he wasn't home. (laughs) Heh heh, suck it. The best part is how I figured it all out. What was
1: the loophole? What did I miss? Your mistake? was your political incorrectness. You decided to give your fake Henrietta a cane. And then to create the illusion, you made cane marks in the mud for me to find. What of it? Girl, you put the cane marks at Mona's place on the left side, and at the hotel, you put them on the right. As someone who's watched all eight seasons of House, I know that people who walk with canes can't just
4: flip them from one side to another willy-nilly. Such a little thing. You know, if this was in one of my books, no one would believe it. So, I've never done this before. Do we call the cops now or just go down to the station? You know, you're the only person between me and that break. I got more money than I know what to do with. I can bid high. Really high. You wouldn't be for sale, would you? The only payouts I take, baby, are class action lawsuits.
1: So I ended up driving Gigi, a.k.a. Henrietta, to the police station and let the cops deal with the boring stuff. Still on a bit of a high, I was heading back to Marlo's bachelor pad when I remembered something. Oh my god, it smells so good in here.
3: Oh, you're back. I'll have your dinner on the table in a moment. Here, let me take that wet coat.
1: Uh, thanks, Western Union guy.
3: So, how was it meeting Gigi Hornsby?
1: Huh? Oh, turns out her real name is Henrietta and she's a murderer.
3: Heavens, what a busy night you must have had. Come on over to the table. You look like you need a nice hot meal.
1: You've been in here cooking this whole time?
3: Well, no. I saw the place needed a little tidying up. I also pressed your blouses and washed your delicates. They're hanging in the bathroom. Wow. Would you like a shoulder rub?
1: Hmm, a little 1950s role reversal. Well, this certainly is the best way I could think of to end a lady's night. Ooh, yeah, yeah, ooh, right there. <sighs>
3: We never talk anymore.
1: Oh, crap. Raymond Chandler, the creator of Philip Marlowe, is today known as one of the quintessential writers of noir pulp fiction. But Chandler only came to writing after he lost his job as an oil executive during the Great Depression. His first novel was published when he was 50, and he was 59 when his now-famous character first appeared on radio. The series found its greatest success on CBS, with Gerald Moore in the title role. And three of Chandler's novels are considered masterpieces of American crime fiction. Wait, don't stop your player yet. Guess what? We have a contest this month. It's Socks September. As we continue our campaign to get Ryan Reynolds to do a guest voice on the show, we are going to give away two pairs of Aviation American Gin Socks to whoever helps us tweet to Ryan on Twitter. For details, go to madisonontheair.com. Sorry, this is for September 2022. If you're coming to us after that, thanks for listening. We still love you. Okay, announcer dude,
2: roll the credits. Madison on the Air was written and produced by Chrissy Talon Sage with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The
3: role of Madison Standish was played by Chrissy Talon Sage. Sharon Gruenwald appeared as Gigi Hornsby. Other actors in the cast were Julie Hoverson as Annie Stringer, Bonnie Brantley as Clarice, Steve Jun as the Western Union guy, and Jonathan Winstead as the announcer.